0: this episode is also sponsored by masterworks there's a new app billionaires used to invest in a new 1.7 trillion dollar asset is one that 99 of investors have never heard of a market whose volume has grown 2700 percent and has historically outperformed the S&P 500 while having virtually zero correlation to equities spoiler is high-end art this app lets you invest in fractional shares of art similar to a company stock and art has been more than just something pretty to look at. For instance, a middle-class real estate developer flipped his Basquiat for 5,814% gross ROI. That turned $19,000 into a staggering $110,500,000. That's 407 times more than the S&P return, 581 times more than real estate return, and incalculably more than his savings account. But many top-tier paintings have price tags in the tens of hundreds of millions of dollars just imagine what a building a diversified portfolio of them will costs. That amount of money can be tough to stomach, even for the riches on the earth. So Masterworks, the $1 billion fintech unicorn, came up with a solution. Why not just make them investable like a company stock? You simply buy shares in a multi-million dollar pane, and when Masterworks sells it, they'll send your share of the profits. It's that easy. Early investors already got a 32% annualized return from a Bansky trade in 2020. Luckily, you don't need to be a billionaire to sign up. In fact, membership is free. Naturally, demand has been crazy. 230,000 members have signed up. Over 250 million dollars have been invested with Masterworks, and the waitlist to join is growing day to day. Lucky for you, I'm friends with the Masterworks team, so they gave me a special link to skip to the front. Just go to masterworks.io/mindsets. That's Masterworks dot io slash mindsets see important disclosures at masterworks.o slash disclaimer and like as always the, the link for that is in the description of this podcast episode so if you want to start buying art and making money in the art industry go to the link in this podcast description to start today welcome back to the greatest show on earth the man our mindsets podcast i am your gracious host xavier sitting with the wonderful the beautiful diana kent d was good
1: What's up, Zay? How
0: you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Great as usual, man. Cause today we got a we got a we got another great legendary episode taking place. Yes, but sir. before we get started, I would like to advise everyone to please like, subscribe, leave a five star review or a a five star rating. Uh like I said, subscribe to the podcast. We need all those ratings We're trying to get those ratings up. But before we get into it, Deanna, she's gonna go to our first sponsor.
1: Yes, sir. So you guys already know what time it is. It's time to get fit and get paid with the Lean and Six Body Transformation Challenge brought to you by our friends over at Commando Athletics. You know, here at the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast, we are firm believers that health is wealth, and this is the perfect opportunity for you to make your health a priority. This six-week challenge comes with easy-to-follow workouts and meal plans so that you'll see results in no time. Minimum equipment is needed for both the home and gym option, and all fitness levels are welcome to enter. And the best part about this challenge is the top five performers will each get $1,000 for having the best six-week transformation. All you have to do is sign up, show up, and show out. The challenge starts October 11th and ends November 20th, and it will only cost you $79 to enter. You can sign up today at www.commandoathletics.com, and the link to that is in the description.
0: In the description. And... As always, like like Deanna said, link in the description. So if you want to get started, make some money, get fit, go to the link in the description. But we're gonna get straight into the podcast. So this episode, I'm really excited about this episode. We got a guy he's killing in real estate in Dallas. His name is Donovan Rubbin. So welcome to the show, bro. We extremely excited to have you.
2: Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you for uh, inviting me to come on.
0: Definitely, definitely, man. We had to. And what's so funny is I told him before we started, I'm like, I got a like the funny story to tell you, man. But like so we moved out here in December. And then when I came out here, I would always hear your name, but I didn't know who you were. I always hear, like, yeah, Donald and Donald Ruffin. I'd be like, well, I keep hearing this name. I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> and then my um, guy Austin, Austin Rutherford, he was out here, and he told me the same thing. And then somebody else, I can't remember who it was. Somebody else mentioned it. I don't, I don't remember who it was. And then Blue Notes, Brandon, he came out here. He was like, you know Donovan Ruffin? I'm like, nah, but I keep hearing about him. He's like, <laughs> you need to have him on the podcast, man. He's a good person to have. Then he put out his phone. He showed me on Instagram pictures. I'm like, oh, man, like he's doing dope stuff. And then ironically, it's crazy how the universe works. So me, me, uh, Deanna, and my guy Tay, we was at Salt Bay's restaurant, Nurserette. And we sitting there, and I look up. And you were sitting right
2: there. I was there. You was there. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were sitting right there. I'm like, I remembered it Yeah, yeah. He was across
1: from us. Yeah. <laughs> that was
2: like the only, the only last time I'll go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you you and I'm like, hey, that's the that's the guy everybody's been telling me about. But I'm not the type to interrupt somebody while they're having dinner. Cause I want to, when I'm having dinner, I want to be, you know what I'm saying, eating my dinner. So I'm like, this is this is a message from the world to so me. Like, I need to finally reach out now. I've seen them. <laughs> I keep hearing about Let me reach out. So I reached out to him. And now he's on the show, so yeah, man, that was the story I had to tell. Man, I oh, seen, wow, I that's seen cool. you. I seen you at Salt Lake Restaurant. You was. I looked up. I'm like, hey, man, that's the <laughs> dude. I'm like, I'm, like All right, I'm gonna catch up with him later. So yeah, man. but like I said, we super excited to have you on the show, man. But for the people who may not be familiar with it, do you, just mind give us some background on yourself.
2: Yeah, so my name's Donovan. Uh, originally born and raised in Toledo, Ohio, um, small outskirts, actually a small country town called Oregon. Um, ended up moving to Texas, finishing my senior year. Um, high school down here, played a little sports, Um, and then after I graduated high school, got into sales pretty heavy, Um, and yeah, I mean, my entrepreneur blood just started juicing out of me when I got into um, sales initially when I was 18, and, you know, started growing in that, ended up starting my own company doing that, and then um, eventually got into uh, real estate, where I started, um, you know, uh, buying and selling houses, and. Um, really started to grow that. And now, um, you know, I don't uh, have my initial marketing company anymore. It's just 100 percent real estate now. Um, and, you know, we're you know, we're doing a couple hundred deals a year in Texas. Um, so it's, it's fun. It's exciting. You know, I just had a baby. Um, Congrats. And been, my, me and my fiance just had a baby. So it's Congrats. our first one. It's so awesome, you know, being a dad now. So uh, life's the, the perspective of life is, is way different. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy.
0: Mm, you you yeah. mentioned entrepreneur blood. So, like, um,
2: are your parent were your parents entrepreneurs? Um, so, my dad, he, he uh, had, like, an entrepreneur run actually in real estate before the market crashed. Um, and my grandpa, he was actually a VP. He was actually one of the first black VPs of a, um, a Fortune 100 company or Fortune 500 company um, way back in the day. So, I wow. always had, you know, experience seeing it from the outside looking in. And, you know, I'm blessed to have... You know family members that you know have that type of mindset to really instill belief in me especially at a young age so um but yeah i guess i mean i, I would say there's like a science behind it or whatever but it's you know none of my siblings are entrepreneurs none of my family members I guess I was kinda of like the only one that really enjoys being entrepreneurial. You know? That's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: Was uh entrepreneur, entrepreneurship always the the one and only thing for you or did you have a turning point where that became what you wanted to do? Like was there something else you were more focused on prior?
2: Um, you know, when I was a uh, man, I, I remember uh you know, I, I grew up underprivileged, you know, with my mom being single and she had four kids uh by herself and you know, it was tough at times and um, I remember when I was able to, you know, do extra tasks for, you know, family, friends and stuff like that and started to make money. I was like, cool, you know, I can, you know, do jobs on the weekends and stuff like that. and I could make money hourly or whatever. And then as I got older, you know, I started to um, see opportunities and things and, and electronics. So I used to, you know, buy and, buy and sell electronics from iPhones to Xboxes. And uh, I was actually making some good money when I was like 13 or 14 years old. I don't know if you guys remember like or you probably remember if you played Xbox the Three Rings of Death. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: You had to, to, to send it to Xbox. Yeah. So mm. I
2: actually found a, a, a homie in town in Toledo who uh, could fix it for like 25 bucks. So everybody was selling their Three Rings of Death for like $25. I'd go buy them and then take it to him and he'd fix it for $25. So it'd wow. be like $50, $75 all in. I would just put it right back on Craigslist and, and flip it. Um, so, I started doing that. I started doing the same thing with iPhones. And then when I was 16, I started flipping cars. So, you know, the, the whole concept of, you know, bartering was, is really, was really appealing to me when I was growing up just because um, it felt a lot easier than, you know, sitting at a job for a long period of time versus, hey, you know, I can make what I make in a whole day with one transaction. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, like the perspective of entrepreneurship came at a young age. Um, and then when I was 18, when I was able to actually get, like, a 1099 sales job, I just took full advantage of it. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, with, it it's extremely dope because uh, it's funny. I just yesterday I seen you was on your story, and you was posting, like, your whole, like, entire backstory yeah. and how you started. And that was extremely yeah. dope seeing, yeah. like, starting from – I love when see, see people where they start somewhere and they build themselves up. And they, like, in a completely 180 different position. So that was so yeah. dope to see. So with you starting off, you said you got into sales first. Was that, like, how important – was those skills and things you was learning and that's in that sales position that's still helping you today
2: yeah so i mean it's, it's crazy because you know you you look at tasks now and it's just they don't really seem enjoyable and stuff like that right you see why it's necessary or, or what have you but you know i'm blessed to experience a, a lot of um you know business attributes at a young age especially um in the position i was in where i just um, you know, I took it serious, you know, cause I was in a position where, you know, I didn't really have, uh, a lot of family members to help me. My sister ended up getting sick. So there, she needed extra help. She couldn't really work a full-time job and something in my brain just clicked where it was just like, Hey, you, you need to take this opportunity serious because you have an opportunity to not just help yourself, but help somebody else. Somebody else. that's what really motivated me. Um, and then in, in, the sales job I had, I had opportunity to, to be in leadership where I could help other people in, in uh, situations or, or what have you, but they could come in make a, a bunch of money um, if they, you know, followed certain uh, training guidelines and stuff like that. So it was it was super fulfilling to to be able to experience that, and I just, you know, fell in love with the whole concept of business in general mm. um, and just kind of stuck with it. Mm.
1: Something I want to ask you is I've seen you talking about how you learned a lot of things are how to run a business at a very young age, and especially Mm -hmm. hearing, like, your history with all the different things that you've done. And I think I'm a firm believer that the earlier you start, the better, because that gives you plenty of opportunity to take a lot more risk and take a lot more chances on yourself and to recover from mistakes that you may Mm -hmm. make along the way. Yep. What Did you go through any, like, big things throughout this time period that you feel like, for you, starting earlier helped you, you know, you know, like, um, have a better experience with it?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, that was, like, my model when I was young. It's, so, like, a lot of people would, like, look at me. It's just, like, you're crazy. Like, why would you, you know, uh, do this job? Or why would you, you know, buy, buy this investment or whatever? And I was, like, you know, I'm young. You know what's the worst possible thing that could happen you know the worst possible thing could happen when you're young is you have time to recoup just exactly what you said Mm -hmm. um so i took full advantage of that especially when i was young you know is this i didn't really have a a a lot of liability of expenses or anything like that so i was able to you know make sacrifice early on and and make investments um and it and and pile that up and now looking back it's um, i'm I like sharing that story because if, if somebody has that opportunity to do that, it's, it's better to start now versus mm-hmm. wait, 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 and then get into it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. But, yeah, on top of that, it's just what I've learned, especially in business and, and not just working at a young age, but hiring people at a young age. I've learned that people that have that entrepreneur spirit or um, not even that, but, you know, just being able to go out there and work without somebody telling you you have to work makes a right. big difference. Mm-hmm um because like i see it it's just like it, it's hard to um teach somebody how to be motivated to, to go to work if somebody's not pushing you All to right. do it you know it's yep. it's easier to hire somebody where they they were instilled in their brain while their brain was still developing you know to go out there and be independent versus their parents just handing them everything you know yep. what i mean no, mm-hmm.
0: I, I love it and at this point you what you've you've done over uh, a thousand deals yeah, real estate wise, yeah, a little over a thousand. And that's uh, crazy to be, because you're 27 yeah. and done a thousand deals. Like, so <laughs> it's <sound, laughs> it just sounds crazy. Like, um, like, what do you attribute that to? If you had to attribute to one thing, what would you attribute it to?
2: Um, I would probably contribute it to leadership. To be honest, um, I mean, I couldn't do it by myself. You know, I've tried to do it by myself for a lot of years, and I can only do so much. You know, so I think, uh, you know, being a, a leader in an aspect of of business, you know, and um, training people how to do it and putting other people on mm-hmm. um, Put a lot of light on that success wow. I mean, It's it's really not a secret, you know It's just mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, <laughs> can't do it alone <laughs> No, it's
0: impossible, it especially at that level A thousand deals, that's crazy And it, the deals, are they uh, like flips, like buying and flips or
2: Yeah, so it's, um, I mean, we do pretty much everything single family uh, We do wholesale transactions, we do uh, fix and flips, we do rentals um, We do subject, subject to transactions um and uh, a couple other ones, but it's probably too confusing for your right, right, right. audience. You know. All right.
0: And as a leader, let me ask you this: As a leader, like, how do you? What's the? What's the? What's the trick? Because I seen you. I seen a video in like your office. Yeah, I was getting them like they wasn't doing jumping jacks. It was some kind of activity they was doing. They was <laughs> jumping and stuff. They was getting hyped and amped up, and it, it, it was dope to see. But like, what would you um think is the biggest keys to get somebody to 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 lead someone? on a successful scale, because it's not easy to do, especially when it's a lot of people
2: that you lead. Um, You know, it has a a lot to do when you're building a company. You know, when you build a company, it has a lot to do with a lot of things. Um, But to to build a successful company, I think one of the the major things that you need is you need to build an environment where people are excited to go to work and they're not excited to go home. You know, they're, they're showing up early, they're leaving late, they're working the weekends. In order to do that, you have to have a good culture. You know, for one, you have to have a good opportunity for people to come in and grow. Exactly. um, Because if you don't have an opportunity for somebody to come in and grow, they're only going to do so much and then look for something else because that's just human nature. We just want to grow. You know, we want we want to do more than what we did previously. And that's just natural. That's just science. Um, So, I mean, that's first and foremost, have the opportunity for people to come in and have the opportunity to grow in your company. But on top of that, build a, a, a culture where people enjoy being there. You know, and it's fun, not just like bullshitting around, but (laughs) just like, you know, they enjoy working with their coworkers. You know, it's um, like a family environment, you know, Mm -hmm. where instead of, hey, I work for somebody. It's like we work together. together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: With you being so young and having employees under you, did you ever struggle with like providing the appropriate leadership to them or have any struggles with them accepting leadership from you?
2: You know, it's uh, when, especially when I was younger, you know, that was never like an excuse in my brain. And from the people I surrounded myself with, it's just like, oh, they're not going to pay attention to me because I'm young or what have you. But it's it's really uh, how you uh, uh, live by how you live. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you have appropriate goals and you actually abide by those, and you do what you say, um, people will take you serious, you know, mm-hmm. especially when they can physically see that um, because people can feel energy. Yep. You know, um, anybody can say something, but it's, it's another thing to physically do something. Um, and when you can actually physically do something, that energy is just natural. Um, so attracting people, especially people older than me, people sharper than me, um, people feel that energy and they know that whatever is going to happen, this guy's going to win, you know, mm-hmm. just because, I mean, it's just hundred percent confidence, mm-hmm. obviously, but when you have a direct path of where you're going, um, it's a lot easier to, you know, lead people. Mm-hmm. 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 I
0: love, I love that. And this, this is a uh, millionaire mindset. And we love talking about the, the success and the money that people make and all stuff like that. But I like, more importantly, I like to touch on the mindset cause I like to I like for people to understand that like you're not going to get to the position you want to get to if you have the wrong mentality towards yep. thing. So mm-hmm. I want to touch on like with you, like Deanna said, being so young and winning at, at such scale like that, like what's the, um, like just walk us through like, a day-to-day schedule? Like, when you get up in the morning, like, what's your what's your day-to-day like? And how are you thinking when you're getting ready to move and go into
2: things? Um, well, to be honest, you know, I'll be honest with you guys. You know, my my schedule now is, is a lot Hectic. different than when I was, you know, in the trenches, you know, just because right. I have a lot more resources. Um, I have a, a, you know, obviously I have a, a leverage right. in, in my life with not just money, but a lot of time too. So I have um, a lot of time to myself to... Uh, do tasks and focus on things and, you know, uh, prepare and um, organize stuff. But um, to be honest with you, a, a lot of success in my personal life came from, you know, meditation um, in a sense where it sounds lame, but, you know, I spend a lot of time with myself, you know, mm-hmm. it, it takes a, um, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy, but it's real life. You know, this is, this is what I do. You know, I spend a lot of time with myself like mm-hmm. nobody, um, you know, I might be doing tasks and stuff like that, but uh, there's, there's a lot of times where I'm just there by myself, you know, convincing myself and visualizing what the future looks like. And so, you know, when, I, when it's time to do those work tasks, it's just easy and I know exactly what I want. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so back to the schedule, you know, now it's, it's a lot different, you know, I don't work as much as I used to, um, you know, I'm blessed to have good leadership in my company now. So, um, I, I took a quite a bit of time off, off work, um, especially cause we just had a baby. Um, and to be honest, i probably go to the office maybe once or twice a week now. Um, and you know, you know, just being, trying to be the best dad. I
0: know? like,
2: I like that. I, so spending I, a lot of time with my baby, my fiance, you know, just really enjoying those moments. Mm,
0: that's funny. I Cause I, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and I think this is also important for people to know. In the beginning, it's a it's it's an, you have to work and put hella hours and energy mm-hmm. into it in the beginning so you can build up and take that time off. Cause like I, said, I was talking to a friend yesterday, and he was telling me, he was like, "Man, I'm gonna be honest with you." He was like, "I ain't really worked at all this year." He was like, "I've been with my girl, just kicking it in love all year." But he was like, "I made pretty much the same amount of money." He said, yep. I didn't, "He said I made several million dollars this year," yep. and he was like, "And I ain't really worked." And that's something like to get to that point you have to in the beginning you have to go crazy you have to put yep. a shit ton of hours and things mm-hmm. till you get to that point so i want to just touch on that and secondly i like that you talk on that time alone because this is something that i always speak about I always talk about how the times when my life changed before that happened it was a lot of time just by myself like just thinking like you said thinking meditating visualizing because when there's so much around you so many people around you it's hard to have that yep. that clearly mentally you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. like could, do you mind just touching that touching on that a little bit more like that time alone and how important it is
2: yeah I mean I used to have like a real habit especially like when I was in like the field the field field like in the trenches like I would spend probably an hour every single day I would read for like twenty three min or twenty three minutes then after that I would take like a fifteen minute nap and then when I woke up I would just you know visualize um kind of what my goals were and like physically see it like a like hundred percent convinced mm-hmm. that this is what's about to happen um and it's just kind of, you know, especially if you're in a position where you're struggling, you're hurting, you feel that pain. Nobody likes to feel pain. Like, if you Facts. ever broke a bone, it's just like, man, what do I got to do to fix this? Like, make this pain go away. You know, you go to the doctor, what have you, but you're going to figure out a way to, to make it go away. You know what I mean? So it was kind of the same thing for me, you know, is like, you know, not having money, not having a lot of resources and stuff like that really motivated me to, to really figure out what I wanted. And then when I figured out what I wanted, I just literally needed instructions on how to go get it. Mm. you know what I mean, so I was I mean everybody's different. you know I was never the type of person that that needed like motivation right quote unquote I just needed instructions like show me exactly how to how to get there and then I won't ask you for anything else like I won't mm. waste your time just give me the blue the blueprint right and I'll go get it. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and That's just kind of my philosophy and what I live by mm. I really be-
1: like that, especially the point about motivation because I feel like with entrepreneurship and some – with it being so popular in today's world, a lot of people struggle because they're always seeking out the motivation in yep, yep. so many different shapes and forms. And I feel like that kind of hinders a lot of people because they're just so like, oh, I need this to keep me motivated, this, and the third. And you said, like, all you need is instruction. All you need is the blueprint that can keep you going. Yep. So for people out there who may be having those struggles with the motivation, yep. like what advice would you give them?
2: Um, Man, I would, I would probably say – not like intentionally put yourself in a situation, but I would say you really have to reevaluate why, why you're working, um, and what you're doing just because you, once you really figure out what your purpose in not only life, but in businesses, um, you might not be even doing the same thing that you're doing now, you know? That's right. um, and it's crazy because for me personally, it switched when I realized when, yeah, I can make a lot of money by myself, but it really changed for me when it it was like life or death for for my family member like my sister was having non-epileptic seizures Mm -hmm. like she had to you know um take medicine she couldn't pay her bills you know she couldn't work full-time just because she would stress out so i physically had to step in and make things happen and make things shake and you know when i when my bills were paid or whatever you know was next but i was so much more motivated when i was in that situation just because I, I wasn't just going to, you know, fall off into the deep end and not do anything about it, exactly. you know what I mean? And then it grew even more, you know, and have more responsibility and team members and stuff like that. It, it just changed completely 360 when my fulfillment changed and I was less selfish and I started thinking about other people and how I could help them versus myself. Mm-hmm. And That's a to board. be honest, if you, if you look at all the CEOs in the world, you know, it's just, it, it's a lot of similar in a lot of ways, you know, it's, for one, obviously you can't do it by yourself, but. A majority of these people don't do it for themselves. They do it for uh, the aspect to change mm-hmm. a certain environment or change the world. You know what I mean?
0: That's that's hundred percent. No, that's that's facts. You you look at any interview, even from the people that we've interviewed, it's always it's from a mentality where I'm trying to impact this. I want to help this mm-hmm. person or I wanna change this industry in this way kind of thing. And that's what that's what changes. So, but you spoke on earlier about blueprint, saying like all you needed was the blueprint and instruction. So I want to ask you like who was that person that gave you that blueprint, and how did you find them? And not only how did you find them, how did you communicate with this person where they would want to give you that blueprint? Because there's so many yep. people. they all. I get a million I DMs.
2: Yes, yeah, like, like, how do I do this? Exactly. <laughs> See, like, let me be honest with you guys again. You know, it wasn't like a specific person. I don't even think it was a, a person at all. I, I really believe it was experience, you know. Um, and... Yeah, you, I mean, people can give you experience and provide opportunities to get that experience and gain it. But the reality of it is, is just like, especially if you really want to grow where it wasn't possible before, um, once you surpass what somebody else did, what's next? You know, you start, yep. um, in, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, pioneering different avenues that didn't exist. And that's where real growth happens, um, where you're in a position where there's not too many people you could ask advice from. You know, that's when you start seeing the real success. Because you've reached a threshold where you are able to solve problems that nobody else was able to figure out. So, for me personally, I really think it was experience. Um, and yeah, you can learn from people and um, you know uh, figure out the dynamics and like the the um, the general aspect of going about things. But um, at the end of the day, it was all experience. You know, just physically doing things and learning from mistakes. Mm, I love it.
0: And at this point, how
2: many um, how many deals? are you closing like monthly? Uh so we, we close uh on monthly on average uh about 45 right now. 45, you close on 45 a days a month. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, what how you like how how are you doing it? Well, um I mean for one, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to have a, a great team and I mean it, I mean it's me you're looking mm, yeah. at me, I'm obviously the CEO of the company, but um, there's a lot of people in the trenches, like right now, you know, that we're given opportunities for, and you know, to come in and provide for their family and an awesome, uh, an awesome business, but. Um I mean, the reality of it is, you know, we're, we're talking to a lot of people, we're impacting a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are in tough situations where, you know, they have to sell the house, they have to get out of situations and we have investors that have all this cash, they want to invest or they want to um, buy into assets and, and things of that nature. So there's, there's different problems. Um, <laughs> there's different problems in different categories, right? So what we learned is we learned how to connect them. So we were able to find the people with the problems in in single family where they had these issues and they had to uh, get out of these properties. They can't find anybody to finance it because it needs a lot of work, things of that nature. Um, And then on top of that, you know, we were able to uh, leverage our competition um, because we built the backside of it where we're able to find investors that were able to pay top dollar for properties, um, hedge funds that were, I mean, we're talking Wall Street hedge funds to come in um, and like overpay for properties in situations. Um, And so we're able to pick up their deals, not just our own deals, but their deals too, and then, um, you know, sell it on the backside to, you know, cash buyers, hedge funds um, investors and things of that nature. And on top of that, even the, the retail buyer, somebody wants to come in and buy the house and live there.
0: That's a shit ton of deals. Are they all, all in Texas? Yeah.
2: Majority, like majority. 95% of them are in Texas. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I mean, obviously you live here, so that's a big reason, but why, why, why not venture into, um, like other markets, other States?
2: So, you know, we have beta tested, we, we still beta test different markets. Um, it's just how our system works. And, um, kind of what I've learned is it, it, when you're, when you're training salespeople and uh, the training modules and stuff like that, it's so much easier to just stay within a certain region right. versus it is to just be scattered all over the right. place. Um, so with my experience, it was a lot easier to, to train our team on a specific region, which just happens to be, like, if you look at, like, time zones, right? Every time zone is different. I see that as a region, right? So when we grow and we beta, beta test markets, um, we beta test up. But... Um, fortunately in Texas, you know, the money's here, right? So there's, (laughs) the more North you get Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it's just the, the less the bag is. So there's so much, there's so many people in Texas. We haven't even scratched the surface. I mean, that's why we're focusing just on Texas is because, you know, we're just getting started. You know, there's millions and millions and millions and millions of people people. that we even talk to. Mm. You know what I mean? So why, why would I go over here and venture into this, this other market when, the bag's right here, you know it what makes I mean? Sense. And, tex- and Texas has an amazing market right now. Yeah, I mean, every market's great, you know? Um, I mean, there's rock star killers in every single market, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I'm good at this market, you know, I understand this market, and my team understands that too, so when we scale and grow, we're just gonna um, stick to wh- where we know best. But, I mean, the future's the future, you know? We're gonna get there, you know? We're, we're just not gonna overdo ourselves and expand too fast.
1: Something I want to ask you on the lines of real estate, because um, I see from what I've seen, what you've talked about is a big component of your real estate business is the marketing. Like you mm. talk about that a lot and how important it is. Would you mind giving us like which are the fundamentals of real estate marketing for people out there who want to, you know, perfect their craft and grow their business? Mm,
2: that's a good yeah. ass question. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, marketing is, is everything. So not, not only that brand, too. Right brand awareness and stuff like that, making sure people know who you are. But um, right now, what's working for us is cold calling. Um, we're doing a lot of online ads where people you know, are Googling, hey, I want to sell my house fast or whatever. They're seeing our website. Um, we're utilizing our competition a lot, so we're throwing a lot of events, doing podcasts, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, a lot of brand awareness where you know people can send us deals because we, we purchase a lot. We can sell a lot. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So yeah, direct to seller marketing, mostly cold call, um, SMS, RVMs, uh, voice broadcasts. I don't know if you guys know what all that stuff yeah. is mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're a real estate person you you yeah, might we, but, we've been yeah.
0: uh investing since in real estate since 2018 right okay yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. we now nah, we ain't in the trenches like you you really yeah. you really <laughs> you really in the trenches yeah but, i, want, um, go ahead, I go
1: just ahead. want to ask you uh, on something you said you said events can you go mm-hmm. into that a little more like how can that be valuable for marketing your real estate well? yeah
2: so what we do or what we learned is um we used to sponsor these events, like other people's events and stuff like that. And people would see us, but it's, it's literally like a commercial for the industry, especially in the real estate investing space. Mm-hmm. Um, so after, you know, sponsoring so many events, it's just like, Hey, let's throw our own event. Um, and that's kind of what we did. So now we throw, it's called the event. It's here in Dallas at the Virgin hotel. We have it once a quarter. We have, I don't know, anywhere from 12, to 1500 people come out. Um, And we just, same way we market to sellers, we market to people that are in the real estate space, real estate agents, title companies, investors, wholesalers, like everybody. And we invite them all out. We have it for free. We, We charge companies to come sponsor it. We're able to pay for the hotel. And, uh, it works, you know, it's like a, a commercial for our business.
0: Yeah, it's dope. I've, I've been to, uh, when it was a couple months back, I didn't, uh, only, I couldn't stay for long cause as soon as I got there, I had to leave, but it was it was really dope. Oh, you dope. came to one of the events? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah. Cool. This was about, I don't know. I, don't, I want to say about three, four months ago, probably. How'd you hear um, about it? How did I hear about it? How did I hear about it? Uh, I think a friend might've told me, That's I great. know the one you just had, I found out about that one cause I kept getting the text messages. Really? It was like the event. Make sure you're I'm like, first I was like, well, yeah. what kind of cause it, it, it cause it was it's called the event. Yeah. So when you see it, it's like, what event? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh that's dope. But you see, I get, I got a lot of text messages about that one. But the first one I went to uh, a friend a friend told me about it. Yeah. Yeah. And we was um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well now that we got your data, you might want to change your phone number. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's <was> funny. <laughs>
0: no, nah, that's uh I had I had something else I want to talk to talk about and you talked about branding and marketing and this is extremely important because i think i see so many people today and like i said this is super important to touch on i feel like they want the tons of followers and all the kind of the uh notoriety without realizing that to get to that point where you have hella followers and notoriety notoriety you have to do a lot of work in whatever your industry is in and with you like it's, it's evident like you did a lot of work you've done a thousand deals but it shows in your branding, and it's not like some people just try to pop up and just want fifty, a hundred thousand followers without having yeah. done shit in their industry. So yeah. I want you to just touch on like the, the brand and marketing is cool, but you really got to put that work in. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, man, you you can't you can. It's impossible to buy in, impact. You can't buy you can. influence. You can't. You can't. It, it's just like you can buy followers, likes, whatever, but that's cute. Till it's time to, you know, actually impact people in real life, right? Yep. So, um, but yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. You know, we d- we'd done a lot of deals. In order to do that many deals, we had to really make an impact in a lot of people's lives and a lot of people's businesses. Like, we, re- we really do this business, right? So, yep. <laughs> it's just like, I mean... I made a post, like, maybe two, three years ago where it's just, like, I literally made a list of all the people that get paid in every single real estate transaction every time it closes, and it's crazy. You know, anywhere from title companies, insurance companies, investors, to contractors, to, you know, Home Depot, I mean, tenants, you got uh, brokers, Mm -hmm. agents, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, So, when you're doing a lot of deals, people start to pay attention, right? Well, I mean, they start to talk, right? So... It's just like, yeah, I've done a deal with them, you know, but on top of that, you know, it's just like when you can um, um, go into somebody's life or meet somebody and really make a difference in their life without asking for anything in return, that also makes a difference. You know, when you're able to be in a situation where you can help somebody um, and be in a position where you don't have to ask for anything, like I want nothing, also makes a big difference. right? Mm-hmm. You know, so having that experience where people can come ask questions or whatever. Um, and you're able to answer and it really makes an impact, um, you know, they're, they're going to thank you. You know, they're going to remember you. They're going to appreciate you, you know. So, I mean, there's no exact blueprint on, on how you can go out there and, and make an uh, impact or an influence in, in whatever organization you're in. But, you know, you you have to <laughs> um, have a, a, a goals, you know, to, to impact people. I mean, you guys are making an impact with this podcast, mm. you know. hmm I mean, how many listeners do you got to? You know, how many people want to pay you to be? You know, exactly. go on and on and on. <laughs> but it comes with the work. You guys are right. here. Yeah. um You guys are putting the work in, and you guys are actually doing the business. So, man, that's mm-hmm. that's powerful. Like the work,
0: I can't stress this point enough. Like the work, the work, the work. That's yep. everything. Like obviously, you want to if you really want to be on social media and documenting, again followers. Obviously, documentation is important, but. Yeah. You can't
2: document shit if you ain't working. Exactly. If you ain't doing them, people aren't going to pay attention. Exactly. You know, yeah. if, you ain't, <laughs> if you ain't out here making progress, people aren't going to be paying attention. You know? Okay. Um, if you don't have any intentions to help anybody, people aren't going to care. Exactly. Yeah. Man.
1: I was just going to say, I'll also add on to that with all this hard work. I think because of what I've been seeing from your story is that you put in all this hard work, but it has to get to a point where I'm not working harder. I'm working smarter. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. also throw that in there. It's like you got to remember that's mm-hmm. the end goal, too. We don't want to work hard like yep. this forever. Exactly.
2: Yeah, it's like, man, I had one of my friends and he's just like, it, it clicked for me a couple of years ago. He's like, man, you could go mop floors and be the hardest worker mopping floors. Well, how far can you go? Still. How far can you go? You mm-hmm. know. Um, so yeah, when I like I, I touched on earlier, it's like that's what made a big difference in my business, in my life was just the leadership standpoint. I got really good at being a good leader, and all of a sudden I started getting more time. I started being able to impact more people. I started making more money. It's crazy, mm. you know. <laughs> so now I don't have to work as much. I can work a lot less. But when I do have to work, as long as my leadership is top notch at all times, you know. It was, it, you can't take that away from me you know it's not going anywhere regardless of where the market goes
0: mm-hmm. and there's always well, speaking of leadership there's always the debate on can you make someone be a leader or are leaders just born leaders can so in your a, right so in your opinion can you are leaders made or are leaders born i think leaders are developed
2: i think leaders are developed it's kind of like i mean i mean you see girls with Big butts, right? You can yep. go buy a big butt, but you are gonna notice, right? right it's different yep. when you go work for it. Exactly, you know that's what facts. I'm saying. So the same. I mean, it's a, I know it's like a weird that's way right. to, to. No, give that's an a example. good analogy. That's a good analogy. <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> it's trust. Yeah, that's it's, a good analogy.
2: So it it doesn't matter what situation you were born in, what you went through, what color your skin is, what your race, what your religion is, man, it doesn't matter. Uh, anybody can develop leadership skills. If you make that commitment, if really. you desire to be a better leader, you know, if you have no desire to be a better leader, like for what, why would I be a good leader? Whatever. I know a lot of people like that. They still do good for themselves. They just don't want to, you know, mess with anybody else or mm, whatever, that's a fact. you know, mm-hmm. it's is, just, it is what it is.
0: Is there a difference between a leader and a boss?
2: Um, uh, man, it, I mean, I, I never really broke it down like that. I mean, when talking definitions and stuff, but I mean, I think there's a big difference between being a manager and being a leader what's the difference um managers are appointed leaders are earned so you, you earn your leadership you know you can't be forced into a position where you have to be led by me right it's just, it's optional right In my company is op- you can go work anywhere you know but they choose to work at our company because we have good leadership you know they know that their leaders are going to put them in positions at all time to win and that's it
0: I love, I love it and uh so are you um, just doing wholesaling deals or are you buying too and keeping them as a... Yeah, so
2: we're, we're buying a lot. Um, man, we, we kind of slowed down on doing a, a, a lot of fix and flips just because, uh, I mean, every every winter it kind of slows down a little right. bit, but we'll pick back up in, in the spring. Um, we are buying a lot of buying holds and right. we're, we're looking for apartment complexes now. Uh, mostly, don't I mean, to be honest, it's just for tax purposes just because I was, you know, <laughs> in a position where... IRS, you know, they they want their money, and it's, it's very very humbling um, mm. when they come knocking. So, um, you know, now it's time to to humble up and you know put my money in in areas where I can write it off. Mm. So yeah. at
0: this point, if you if you mind sharing this, you don't have to if you don't want to. How many uh units does your company own at this moment?
2: Uh, so we don't own a lot. So single family wise, we own like twelve. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, and to be honest with you, is that's kind of why we're Or that's why we're, you know, we're focused on doing more multifamily is just because, you know, the amount of time and effort and and resources it takes to get one house um, is very similar for multifamily, but we can buy a bunch at one time. You know, it's just like if it takes, like in order for me not to pay taxes, if I have to go buy 50 50 units, I I can go buy 50 houses. But is it easier to go buy 50 houses or is one apartment complex that has 100 units? You know what I mean? So... I mean, it, it changes, uh, you know, and everybody's in a different position. But, you know, for us, it's, we never really focused on cash flow just because we thought that was stupid. Really? Talk, yeah, it was just not inspiring, right? It's like, why would I want to make 200 bucks a month on a house and I can make 30 grand right now? You know what I, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, you yep. got like I was talking to all the old heads and stuff like that, and uh, like mentors, and he's like, you got to buy it whole, buy it whole. Mm. Like that's retarded. Why would I do that? Like, <laughs> no, you know what's funny is like the older
0: I get, it's funny how like my mentality towards that is switching because I used to like when I first got into real estate, I was like, all right, buy it whole, buy it whole, buy it whole. But then once you get older, you like, like it makes sense if I could get 30, 40, 50,000 check. And I keep doing that. Yeah. I feel like that strategy is is best when you're still, like, young and built. I feel like the buy and hold strategy, no offense to anybody. I feel like it's for people that's already, like, old that don't have
2: much opportunity
0: for more risks.
2: Well, man, now I'm motivated to buy so I don't have to pay right. taxes. You know, now I understand what the old heads are saying. But not only that, man, yeah, it, it did humble me. You know, I, I look back and I see houses I sold years ago and what it appreciated to now. And I was like, man... Yeah, I collected that twenty-five grand, but I could have made you know one hundred twenty-five grand in equity. Yep, and I didn't need the money. I yep. just wanted it so I could go ball out and do whatever. <laughs> but it, but <laughs> it's still,
0: it's, I think it still worked in your favor though, because when you come in from a position where you don't have any resources or capital, yep. it's like you need you need to find the quickest way for yep. me to make capital. Yep. And that strategy is good. Then when you got exactly. the capital, you take that money and then yep. you start buying yep. buying holes. just yep. collect that. And the tax advantages of real estate. Like, do you mind just talking about that for a second, just for the people that that, that may not know. The crazy tax advantages you ha- you have when you become a real estate investor
2: oh yeah big time man and um, yeah it's like you learn things over time but just like I was saying not only do you get tax advantages but you get the appreciation there too but right. like let's just say for example you make $100,000 just for easy math net and that's what your income is so you owe 30 per uh-huh. I don't know what the percentage 30 percent at IRS and there's different levels to it so for every unit you buy, you can write off to have what you call uh, tax depreciation on assets in real estate. So, I mean, it depends on the purchase price and, and stuff like that. But, like, for example, like if I go buy a $200,000 house, get a loan on it from the bank or whatever, refinance, I can write off $30,000 just on by not mm. selling that asset by keeping it. Um, so now that same $100,000 now to the government it looks like I made 70000 so right. I pay taxes on 70000 mm-hmm. right? So if you go out and buy, you know, five of those, now all of a sudden, you don't have to pay any taxes, right? Yep. So not only that, but you get the appreciation too, you get the cash flow, stuff like that. So, but yeah, you, you want to um, balance it well, right? So, you know, you don't want to be in a position where um, you don't have cash flow, but then again, you want to be in a position where you don't have capital either, you know? Mm, so, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean kind my strategy percent. for a lot of years is just reinvest as much as i can into marketing i think that's what really helped me scale is because you know i took all that money and a majority of it i put back into the business you know i put you know um recruiting and, and training and hiring people um, you know investing into people and investing into marketing and things of that nature and i would put a majority of it back so you know when it when you look at the net income um a majority of it went back into the business even though i still have cash receivables right mm. that makes sense
0: that makes no that, that, that makes sense oh yeah D, i said you wanted yeah. to say something
1: real estate is definitely the cheat code but i wanted you to touch on this because in your stories you mentioned that You've sold a million dollar company and we haven't had a chance to oh, touch yeah, on it yet about. this episode. So I want you to go into that, explaining what that company was and what brought you to the decision to sell it. Because a lot of people would have definitely struggled with making that decision.
2: Yeah. So it's funny that you said that because I didn't sell it. Oh, you didn't sell no, it? No, I so shut it, it down. Oh, oh you damn. shut it down? Yeah. Oh, so. You took- you know one of the mistakes i made in business was shutting a company down you know okay. i could have easily sold it my dumb ass was like fuck it i quit you know
1: oh okay <laughs> oh man that changes things yeah
2: so it's a lesson in everything so it's this good it's good yeah yep. so yeah i mean i mean we're we're making a lot of money but you know fulfillment is kind of what i was looking at i wasn't you know fulfilled in what i was doing could kind of see it's just like it wasn't very inspiring for me to keep doing the same thing especially 5 years from from now from that time time frame so you know, it, I see it as a sacrifice. You know, I, I sacrificed something in order to have something greater. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, have regular jobs and doing real estate on the side or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're looking for, like, that push. Well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you, man, I sacrificed a million-dollar company to, to go full-time, right? So could you sacrifice your 9 to 5 to go full-time if you have the opportunity to? Um, I would definitely say, cool what you're doing, and take full advantage while it's still here. You know what I mean? Wow. So, but yeah, I mean, I was, in, I was in a position where, um, you know, I, I, I shut it down. Like we just stopped operating, but we transitioned the majority of our people into real estate. And, you know, obviously we couldn't hold everybody for, for, for years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we gave everybody the opportunities like, Hey, start looking for other jobs and stuff. We have no intentions to fire you, but if you want to come one with us, you're welcome, you know?
0: And that's so, a good leader right a good there. That's And that's a good leader just because I've heard, of, um, I'm not going to say the name, but I've heard of a business recently that just shut down and they knew they were shutting down for a while and they didn't let any of their employees know. And the employees found out, showed up to work, it wasn't shit there. Yeah. That's, that's bad leadership.
2: Man, that's crazy because we're actually, <laughs> it's funny that you said that. We're looking for, you know, new office space right now <laughs> and we want to go look at this space and it was like a full blown company. I was like, yeah, hey, I'm just here to look at the office. He's like, look at the office. I'm still gonna have a job? I'm like, oh snap. <laughs> oh damn. But yeah, there's there's companies that do that. I mean, it's just I don't know, man. I don't know how people live. I mean I mean I guess that's why a lot of people kill themselves, but you know I'm in business not just for myself, but I'm in business for my people too, you know. Exactly. So it's just like you know what was your real purpose from the get-go <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> seriously
0: no seriously no that's that's crazy man that's, but like I, I i love to speak on um leadership because this is so important especially when you talk about real estate because especially with the wholesaling and stuff like that yeah all that stuff especially because there's so many people today they want to wholesale they want to build a wholesale company but they may not realize being a great leader is going to be one of the key things to get you to making seven figures, eight figures, yep. especially when we're in real estate when we're doing real estate because real estate is a relationship based industry. You exactly. have to have good relationships with people or shit. Once your name is dirt in in real estate, it's like <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Cuz <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good luck cuz it's going to be
2: hard it's going to be hard to get people that want to work with you for real. Oh yeah, it's, I mean yeah, it's very true man. It's like brand your your brand, your personal brand, your business brand means so much, especially yep. in real estate. But I mean the reality of it is you a lot of people think they can come in and do whatever, but I mean it's just like, hey, what's the worst that could happen? But I mean there's a lot of worse things that could happen. <laughs> 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 you know, especially when yourself is dumbass. Dumb. You know, so yeah, what? but yeah, I mean you could you can make a lot of money wholesaling, but if you really want to scale you gotta you gotta focus on the actual business standpoint of it and you know treat it like a business versus just you know, I'm here to make make some money and do whatever. I mean, yeah, people. I, I know a lot of people that are wholesaling that they know they're not gonna wholesale forever. You know, I mean, it's a great opportunity to build capital and yep. do what your real passion is. You yep. know, um, you know, that's kind of what I did with my last company. I was like, I knew I wasn't gonna do it forever, but I knew I did it so I could build capital, so I could you know do different things in business. You know. Mm.
1: I want to ask you, um, do you think wholesaling is a good, like, long-term business without any other form of investing in real estate? Because I know a lot of people say, like, wholesaling is a great um, driver for the mm-hmm. business, but you should start investing at some point in time. But do you think it's sustainable by itself?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it can be. It can be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely want to invest yeah. in different, <laughs> in, have different streams of income you know, just because, you know, real estate is 100% driven by the market. It's kind of mm-hmm. like stocks. Um, the cool thing about wholesaling is, though, is there's not a lot of risk. You know, it's just like you putting stuff on a contract with option period. There's not a lot of risk involved, especially not investing a lot of cash into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great opportunity for people to get in and not just build capital, but to learn the aspects, you know, the contracts, the laws, and the, the dynamics uh, of real estate in general. But I think it's super important to to have goals set in mind to, you know, put some capital aside and invest it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And me, I
0: love doing scenarios just because I feel like it's extremely relatable and applicable to somebody that could be in that situation right now. So let's say somebody watching this, they listening to this, they want to become a wholesaler, want to get in the real estate industry, but they could be probably where you was at when you first started. Little to no capital or resources. What do you think some steps they could take immediately to put some capital in their pocket and just... Keep, it going, keep that train moving.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, like, are you saying to gain capital through, like, to get into real estate? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, man, it's crazy because you asked me the same question, you know, a couple of years ago. I'd be like, go get a sales job, make some money, and invest in some marketing. And I'm here to be honest with you. You know, there's a lot of people say you could do it with no money, no, no whatever. But the reality of it is, you know, you need, you need, need money. money, you need time, especially if you want to do it quick. Um, because it doesn't take a lot, you know, you're only talking a couple thousand dollars to, you know, come across a deal that can make you 15, 20, but you know, I'm not the type of guy to sit here and say, just go knock doors and stuff like that. Just cause I was never that person to go out there and do it. So I don't have experience. Mm-hmm. So I can't give somebody advice in an area that I'm not familiar with. Cause I was the person that was making the investment, the initial investing in marketing to make the deals happen. If that makes sense. Now, mm-hmm. granted, yeah, there's ways you can go knock pre-foreclosures with equity you know, put them on a contract and find a buyer, but you know, how much time is that going to take you? Right. Um, I mean, the reality is I think it's a lot easier to go get a sales job, make the money and then put it into marketing. And I think that would be a lot easier mm, okay. <laughs> to yeah. be honest. So I only got two more questions for you. And this one is losses. Cause some
0: on, on, on a journey people have, especially when you get on social media, people just see the result and they think, man, he just had the, the smoothest, most perfect ride on his way to where he is now and they don't realize that's not true it's always i feel like losses is like a um it's like a uh what's the term uh i can't think of the term right now it's like I mean, a, a rite of passage for. Oh, real. Yeah. Yeah. like you have to go through some through some l's to get to where you at so from your from your experiences what are some of the biggest losses you had and how did you bounce back from it
2: yeah well i, I would probably say my My first big loss was shutting my company down. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my second losses, you know, I bought a fix and flip. I lost like $30,000 on it. Um, That was super humbling. But after that happened, you know, I was more strict and I paid attention to more things. So I think it was something that was necessary in order for me to, to, you know, look at deals and evaluate them a little better, especially when you're, you're investing your own money into it and other people's money. Um, and then after that, you know, I think one of my biggest losses was, um, not paying attention. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I was not, not only not paying attention, but, you know, not being, you know, the best leader, uh, personally, you know, there was a, a lot of people that are in my company that had a lot of potential and that were really sharp and, you know, um, me not being the best leader and being selfish at the time, uh, you know, they, they went elsewhere, uh, but on top of that, you know, I had, you know, leaders in my company that, you know, essentially stole. Um, and, yeah, you can blame people or whatever, but me as a leader, I took full responsibility for it. And, you know, that was, that was another loss because it wasn't just money that I lost. But, you know, I lost a lot of time, lost a lot of relationships with certain individuals by not being a good leader, not paying attention. Man, um, I lost a lot of time. You know, it's just there is a lot of a lot of. Uh, A lot of opportunities to go out, you know, and party and stuff like that. But you know, I was out in the streets, laying bandit signs. You know, there's a lot of opportunity for me to just do nothing, even though I could. I was on the phones. You know, there's a lot of opportunity. I could spend time with my family, my mom. You know, there was like a whole year I didn't see my mom just because I was working so much, literally traveling, and it was hard to connect. Um, But you know, it was it was a lot more fulfilling when it sucked when I, you know, my mom would send me pictures of her hands bleeding because she'd be working so hard, like literally. And, you know, she used to work at these, these refineries in, in Toledo and, uh, you know, it was that, that was humbling. You know, it was like, man, like that, that's crazy. Like you, you you worked all these years doing this for us. And it, it was really cool because eventually she didn't have to work anymore. You know, I retired my mom years ago and she never had to worry. She, doesn't have to worry about money ever again, in our entire life, you know. Um, so I think it's it's important to you know understand that you have to make sacrifices in order mm. to succeed, and it's literally biblical. You look in the Bible and and <laughs> read about blessings. Yeah. What'd you bring to the pedestal? Yeah. You know, you got to bring your best item. Mm. You know, every time in order if you. Bring your best one. God's going to give you something better. God's going to give you something better. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know hey, what I mean? You, you said you were tired. you only 27.
0: You said you retired your mom years ago. So how old was you, <laughs> how old was you yeah, when you retired your uh, mom?
2: Man, it was, uh, it was, it was like uh, four years ago. Wow, years you retired your mom at 23? Yeah, I was like 23. Whoa. Well, yeah it's just like she works now but she doesn't have to like work a full-time job right. stuff like that she just does it because she's bored mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. she was doing like fema and stuff like that i don't think she, they know that we're doing a podcast all right. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, all it's all good it's
0: all good it's all good it's
2: all good and you talked about
0: uh, one, one thing real quick you talked about sacrifices because I, I feel like i want to get people to understand something you said that while people was out partying you was out putting balance on us and you through all that time now at this point you're at right now. Do you feel like you missed out on anything? No. And mm-hmm. I, the reason I'm asking this is because I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you don't go to the club, you don't kick it, you don't do all this right now, I'm telling you, five, ten years from now, five, ten years from now, you're not going to regret it. You're not going to be like, "Damn, I wish I went to the club more." I don't know anybody personally that's successful that said, "Damn, I wish I went to the club more back in the day." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> People look
2: back, it's like, "Why did I go to the club so much?" Exactly. <laughs> I've seen the reverse though. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like 2017 it was I, like it's crazy. I went to, like this rabbit hole yesterday, going through like all these memories because I saw one picture. But my <laughs> CPA like really humbled me because uh, I spent like over six figures just some bottle service like literally concrete cowboy a hundred thousand dollars at concrete Dude. cowboy here in dallas and i, I was it. like man I love you and then i think <laughs> it was like a year after that or maybe a year and a half two years they changed the law where you couldn't write off uh you know uh, bars and restaurants so it was like whatever but yeah it's just like why did i why did i spend all that money at the club? like that was stupid you know <laughs> but you know i didn't have kids back then too it's just like if i were to look at it now, if I would have had kids when I was in the trenches, you know, I would have had to sacrifice some of that time so you could live mm-hmm. a better life. So I start feeling for a lot of parents, especially single parents um, that have to make those sacrifices away from their children because it was hard for me to even come to this podcast because I was leaving my son. You know, exactly. um, I'm, I was late because I was with my son. I was like, dang, it's crazy. I got I to gotta hit homey up. <laughs> I was like, bro, <laughs> <laughs> he ain't sleep yet. <laughs> I'm going to wait till he goes to sleep. So, Deanna, so you yeah. can wrap it up with the last
0: question
1: yeah. yeah, I just want to ask you Because you talked about you had a loss on a um, flip
0: mm-hmm. And
1: I know a lot of people One of the biggest things they try to do for their flips Is raise capital But if they were to have a loss And they have other people's money on the line How does that fall back on them? Like, what are they liable for?
2: Uh, to give them the money back
1: So even if they don't have it at all Like, they have to still find some way To pay back their investors? Yeah,
2: that if they file bankruptcy and good luck okay. raising no, money who wants again. to do that, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you lose somebody else's money. You're talking, you might as well see it as like a, a death sentence or jail time, to be honest. You don't play with other people's money. I mean, you, you can don't. lose your own money.
0: Mm-hmm. But other people like,
2: Yeah. Like, I mean, that deal, we had, you know, private money. Somebody gave us money to, to buy the house and fix it up. Mm-hmm. And we still lost. So I had to come out of my own pocket and pay to, to close on that house. So at closing, I had to sell the house and bring money to sell it. To close it, so the investor could get yeah, his money hurt. back, you know. Mm. But I still still use that that investor to this day, you mm-hmm. know. Um, he saw that he's he saw that I would make that sacrifices. That that's what it came down to, and he mm-hmm. won my respect. Or yeah, mm-hmm. so, save um, the
1: relationship.
2: Right, save the not save the relationship. I think it developed, relationship developed the relationship because, yeah,
0: sacrifices early so you could live free later. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah, really? said, he made like, he only twenty seven. Y'all y'all watch this, y'all see. So if you're young, you 20, 21, 22, just make those sacrifices, which I don't even really think they sacrifice. If you're really about your business and want to live a free life, you know you gotta do this anyway. You like, like he said, like I'm saying, you ain't missing shit out here. You're not yeah. gonna. You. Whatever you think you can do now, you're missing out on. You still be able to do later if you want to do that later on. So. Yeah,
2: but work too, man. It's just like it takes a certain amount of effort. You know, it's just not handed to you. I always exactly. say, that. you wanna make more money, you're gonna have more responsibility. It's gonna cost you more time, more work, more mm. effort so on and so forth
0: so yeah and that's perfect man i just want to say man i really take uh, appreciate you taking the time to come out your bi- uh, busy schedule chilling with your son fiance say to come rock with us on the show man we really really Absolutely. appreciate you we got we're going to, to do this Thanks again we're going to do course. this again man i feel like we got a lot more than we could we could <laughs> we could touch on man so we definitely have to make sure we do this again but before we let you go do you mind that plugging all your stuff where people can find you follow you everything you got, on, got going on plug it
2: yeah um yeah, if you guys are looking to sell a house, you wholesale or whatever. We buy houses. We can move the property. Um, if you have apartment complex, let us know. Um, follow me on Instagram, the Donovan Ruffin. Uh, Facebook, Donovan Ruffin. Uh, if you're here in the Dallas area, we have an event once a quarter. Come out. It's called the event. You know, it's it's a real event. Xavier made it out. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> <Good about> it. <laughs> Xavier might be at the next one. Yeah, I'm gonna be there, bro. I'm gonna be there. So yeah, I mean, if you guys got questions regarding anything. Um, or Instagram is probably the best way to, to contact me. You know, that's like the one thing I didn't outsource. Um, I have assistants and VAs working on my other social media, but Instagram, I still reply uh, right. personally. So if it's right. worth replying to.
0: Definitely. Y'all tap in with them. And uh, before we wrap up, you guys can find me on all platforms at Xavier C. Miller. And you can find a uh, podcast, Married Our Mindsets, on all platforms as well. And D, what's your info? And
1: you can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent. Twitter Diana S oh Kent God. and guys, don't forget you can purchase Xavier's crypto <laughs> guide at www.guidescrypto.com.
0: That's right, that's right. Y'all. You you, you always you always looking out. you always. Looking out. <laughs> that's all we got for y'all. Appreciate y'all tuning in for, uh, for another episode of Man That Mindsets podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Peace.